This is Sharon Steitler, the bird chick, and I am here with non-birding Bill. Hello. And it is our goal to podcast from time to time. Well, it's your goal. What's your goal? Mr. I start like 20 million podcasts all the time. Actually, I do have a goal. I think that's the only way you have Um, friends is by like, hey, let's have a podcast. It's true. Uh, I do have a goal, and that goal is uh, to get more people to sign up for ABA memberships using our name so that we can win a sweet, sweet prize. OMFG. Right now we're in third place, and we only have two new members. Okay, actually, we need to we need to clarify this. So, what's going on? Since the last podcast, Uh there's there's the monthly contest Mm -hmm. with the American Birding Association, and and you can join this too. It's not just us. Mm -hmm. No, just us. No. Well, no, there are two other people like getting more memberships. You're getting that needs to stop. You're you're mucking up the rules. There's the monthly contest, and then there's the overall annual contest. Okay. So somehow, I think it's April, we won. Okay. We won for like getting the most members in that month. Okay. And honestly, I think what happened was we were neck and neck, and I'm pretty sure we were neck and neck with Raymond uh, from Brant Tours, Raymond Van Buskirk, uh-huh. who you may see at bird festivals. He's a very attractive, goateed, I know how to dance birder. Great. From New Mexico. Uh huh. Um, and Liz was like, it'd be really great if you could join the ABA. And I was like, yeah, I know I let my membership left. She's like, no, seriously, you really need to join the ABA. And I did. And then that put us, apparently, that put us over the edge that month that we were like. So we were the two members that we got to join? Yeah, yeah. That's so, sad. <laughs> That's really But here's sad. the thing. Because of that month, uh-huh. we, that now puts us third overall for the annual contest uh-huh. and there are three different prizes and what is it one is a trip to panama there's two trips and then one is a pair of zeiss binoculars which we don't want those zeiss binoculars we don't need them if we get those zeiss binoculars we'll just give them to somebody either we'll do another contest or sure or we'll just donate them to optics because we don't need binoculars but we really want the trips because we like to travel sure um but here's the thing there's the monthly contest uh-huh. And you and I have won a whole bunch of Ken Kaufman books that I already own. <laughs> and one of them is autographed. And okay. they sent a picture of Ken off Ken with two ends uh-huh. autographing it. And it looked like he's autographing it biggest week. So it's yeah. it's it's a generic autograph. So sure. that cannot top the Ken Kaufman autograph I have that says to one hot mama, Ken Kaufman. <laughs> I think he signs all books that way. I think that is his generic autograph. I don't know because he well, maybe it is because he asked how I wanted mama spelled. <laughs> Uh, so I was thinking, actually, we should have received those books weeks ago. Oh, I scandal. wonder if the ABA sent them to our old address. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I think when we get the Ken Kaufman books, what we should do, or maybe if the sure. ABA hasn't sent them off yet, mm-hmm. just say, uh, if you join under our name, we'll give you one of these That's bribery. Of- that probably violates some rules. I don't think there's any rules in the ABA that yeah. says you can't bribe people to win this Anyway, contest. join the ABA and put our names down. Why well, should people join the ABA? Uh, God, I don't know. You got me. I don't know. Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> you threw that right back at me. I wasn't prepared. I and let's be clear. Be... We're talking about the American Birding Association, not the American Bar Association. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, I don't know. I was Birder of the Year one year. Sean. 
going to edit that out or are you going to leave that in? I'll leave it in. All right. Uh, I don't edit this podcast. I think that's fundamentally clear. Uh, no, I, I was I Burger of the Year. I podcast to those students who offered to edit each episode I was for $8. Burger of the Year two years in a row, as I recall. Uh, yeah, I got yeah, a trophy and everything. You're just making and... stuff up. Yeah. So, yeah, just, you're just really... re-up and say Bill Steitler, not Sharon Steitler. Bill Steitler. Uh, B-I-L-L. Uh, yeah. I so think I have up. more clout with the ABA. If so, if it just says Steitler, uh, it automatically goes to me. I don't know about yeah, You do understand that the trips are birding trips that you're going to win, right? Well, I'm just going to skip on that, on that part. <laughs> I'm be gambling. Why would you skip out on a bard and strike? What's wrong with you? I asked and answered, I would think. Anyway, you should, you should join the American Birding Association. Mm-hmm. It is the l- only club for the entire United... Well, it's not the entire United States. I guess Hawaii doesn't count. Screw you, Hawaii. Oh, God. There was a whole issue about whether or not we should include Hawaii. We covered that. Yeah, I know. No. Apparently, if you're Canadian, that's okay. Right. But, um... I don't know how I feel about Canadians joining the American Brewing Association. That sounds... They're Americans. That sounds... eh, Not really. Canadians are Americans. No, no, they're not. They're... On the continent, North America. Nah, it doesn't make them Americans. <laughs> no, they're Americans. They're just not Americans. They're not. They're really, really not. Have you met a Canadian? They're not Americans. <laughs> yes, I've been in an elevator. I've been in an elevator and I was sexually harassed by a drunken Canadian. Well, there you go. That's something no American would do. And I had to use Eric Brunke to save me. Um... I told you the Brunky Canada story, didn't I? Probably. This was the second time I tried to go to Canada, and I did not get denied entry, okay. unlike the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we checked into the hotel, and there was this super drunk guy in the elevator, and oh, Brunky yeah, happened to be story. in the elevator. And uh, the guy was swaying back and forth and started talking to me, and I'm pretty sure not only did he have drunk goggles on, so I looked like a supermodel to him, I'm pretty sure he thought I was twins, (laughs) and was just trying to make conversation and then got off on the same floor, and Brunky did me a solid and pretended to be with me and walked me all the way to my hotel room. That's very nice of him. Thank you. That is. So that is one of the many reasons why you should hire Eric Brunke at Victor Emanuel Nature Tours as a guide. He will keep you from the pervs in the elevator. Well, then forget about it. Um, <laughs> all right, what news stories do we have? Um, well, we're, while we're on the ABA, uh-huh. there was a recent blog about 21st century Audubons. Okay. And it's basically, basically comparing a lot of people now who are digiscoping and photographing and just are, they don't know as much about birds. Mm-hmm. So then Audubon, who knew nothing about birds, yeah, well, apparently it's kind of comparing them okay. to to Audubon, okay, and uh, you know just about how photographs are becoming such a huge thing with bird watching now, okay, and you get this whole group of people now who take a photo, they don't even bother to know what the bird is, and, mm-hmm. and this is something I run into all the time, and then they just put it on social media mm-hmm. or they put it on one of the many bird listservs or not listservs, but the birding groups. Say, uh-huh. hey, what I see. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. I'm going to not answer. I'm not going to deal with the issue that you bring up. Do you think in your lifetime uh, the rules will change so that you have to have some evidence that you saw the bird? A picture or You always have to have that. If you're going to submit that to... No, I just mean for like your list. Like, because I mean, I know that you can... Like, you can just say you saw the bird. And if you probably saw the bird, people are going to accept it. 
Like for your own personal Yeah, but you list. can have you can have a reputation as a stringer. Sure. Like there are there are hardcore listers out there and when you mm-hmm. talk to people on records committees, they'll say, Yeah, they say they have that list, but we all know that they're a stringer. And mm. stringers, if you don't know, is someone who said that they saw the bird and they're usually no one else saw the bird, or they're kind mm-hmm. of leading you on kind of a wild goose chase or sure. But do you think, like, because I know that you, I mean, like, the the rule is you can, like, hear the bird and put that on your list. I mean, you think there, it's one thing, okay, so. Because, like, when people, do, let's put it this way, when people do big ears, you don't have to have any evidence for that. Do you think that that's going to change? Yeah, but there's the, so, what, like, when big ears come in at the end of the day, like, with um, Noah Stryker and Neil Hayward, at the very end of the year, when they were, like, saying what their total was, mm-hmm. they had two different totals. They would say, this is my personal total, but this is, like, I'm, this is the other total because I still don't know if these mm-hmm. five species have been accepted by the various records committees. Okay. So, and, and maybe it will kind of get to the point. I think right now, it, it so, okay, Minnesota. If I was in Minnesota, and whippoorwill is not a common species in Minnesota, but if I said I heard a whippoorwill at Great Cloud Dunes, Scientific and Natural Area, mm-hmm. people would be like, okay, especially if other people had heard it too mm-hmm. and were reporting it, that would be, okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and accept that record. Now let's say I found an American Dipper up in Duluth, Minnesota on one of the streams, that would require some serious documentation. And if yeah. I was the only person that saw that, even if I submitted field sketches, I don't think it would be mm-hmm. accepted, even though I've had experience seeing dippers. I would definitely need a photo and or recording. But I'm also very conservative with eBirds. Mm-hmm. So, so here's a great example. So this spring uh, in my patch, that's like not far from our house. I bird it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some water thrushes. As I'm watching them, I hear one chip note, and I'm like, oh, wow, you're really different. And it was a Louisiana water thrush. And I saw it. It had kind of a bold mm-hmm. ice stripe. I heard a different chip note. And I put that into eBird. And then I got a note from our eBird compiler saying, hey, you know, you're kind of far from the St. Croix Valley. That's really the only spot where Louisiana... Can you give me more information? And rather than... If I had taken a photograph of that water thrush, I would have submitted it. But because I didn't have a photograph, I didn't want to say, well, these were the things that I saw. I didn't want to be the stringy person. So I was like, just take it out of eBird. I don't care. Weird. What? So you didn't, I mean, you you didn't submit the evidence that you heard this note and... I heard a chip note that was different. But I mean, for me, I just, for me at my, at where I am right now, because it's... I don't want to say it's easy for me to get a photograph, but I can almost always get a photograph. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't realize that it was crucial for me to have... I, for me for to submit a note, I need a photograph. Okay. But that's just me. But I'm not even really a lister except for my patch. Sure. Uh, what were we talking about originally before I led you down this uh, uh, We were talking path? about... Oh, uh, so. uh, Greg Neese wrote an article uh, for the okay. American Birding Association blog about 21st century Audubons. Mm-hmm. And basically talking about the trouble with bird photography. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's, it's essentially part of the growing pains I think we have as the birding community about how mm-hmm. much birding is changing with photography. Yeah, no, I mean, it's everybody has a high-resolution camera in their pocket. Everybody can send them instantly with absolutely no effort. It's not like you have to take this, buy the camera, take the photo, take the film to be 
processed, see if you had something, and then take it to an expert to see what you have. The, the other thing that's it's going beca- on... It's becoming, and I think this is a good thing, it's in- becoming increasingly easy for amateurs to do this, people who love it, rather than professional photographers well, and I professional think, bird I think there are a couple of things going on. And number one, we have a bunch of people out there who have this equipment and ability, mm-hmm. and they take pictures and just post it to the internet and hope someone identifies it for mm-hmm. them. It's not like... I want to say old school birders, but where you learned field craft, where you knew what it was you were photographing. Do you think it's that they, I'm, I'm trying to think of a better way to phrase this, they don't care, like, what the bird is. They're just mild. They want, like, are they trying to just get the likes or get the response saying, here's a cool photo, I wonder what bird this is. And they just want people to, uh, like, generate responses to it because that's what they're after rather than learning what this particular bird oh, okay. is. Okay, so here's what's fascinating. I think there's a whole crowd of people out there that are just out to take pictures of birds and mm-hmm. then suddenly they get a perula in their camera and mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, this is a cool looking bird. Now look at that. Mm-hmm. And they ask people, what, what the mm-hmm. hell is this? And I've been out with people like that. Then I, The people that I find far more annoying mm-hmm. are the people who are good photographers who know the birds and post need to be careful because I don't want to like, make it seem like I'm complaining about specific You don't want them to people. figure out who you're talking about. But you know what? There are a lot of people who do this. You know, it's like, I don't need to see another perfect owl image ever again in my no. entire life. Because everybody has great owl images. And I sure. feel like the ones that are the most annoying are the people like, yeah, you know what that species is. That's great. Oh, here's your 200th photo of a sawwet owl or a barred owl. That's great. That's super. Mm. Oh, wow. I can tell you use flash in that photo. Boy, I'm really glad you use flash at night for that bird. Great. I think we know where my feelings lie. Yeah. I, it's, but I think the, the, the thing that we're running into, I think there's a whole amalgamation of things we've run into. Okay. We want more people into birding. Sure. We want to understand the new birders. New birders are going to come to it with photography. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we've said for a long time, it's like, why doesn't birding get the notice that hunting gets? And it's like, well, you don't have that trophy with birding like you do with hunting. Now, thanks to photography, you do. Right. And so you get this whole group of people are just like, I'm just going to go out. Oh, my gosh, people are reporting birds. I'm Mm -hmm. just going to show up here and see if I can get a photo of it. And then they do get a photo of it. And then the rest of us are just like, and you just showed up to get this really great photo of a bird, and you don't even know what the fuck it is. Mm. Okay. All and right. and I think that's that's the crossroads that we're at, is that we want people to know the field craft or try to field craft. We don't want them to just go out there and take a picture and expect the rest of the world to identify it for them. Okay. <gasps> you know what we should create? No. Okay, you know the here, let me Google that for you? <laughs> Which I really had to resist today when someone was asked the question on the Minnesota Birding page. It's like, do sandhill cranes nest in ponds? And I was like, I just, I didn't, I wanted to post the answer for me. So here, let me Google that for you. On the off chance that someone listens to this podcast and doesn't know what that is, you're going to love this. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to feel so good to use this. You are going to lose friends. Such a bitchy maneuver. But it feels so good. So you go to the Let Me Google That For You website. Just type that in. And then whatever the question is that someone asked you, you type it in word for word. And then you hit Google. And then it right. creates a link. Right. And, it, and then you can copy that link and send it to someone as the answer. 
and it slowly shows the answer being right. typed in. It shows the mouse clicking on search as if it were on Google, mm-hmm. and then it brings up the Google search with the little note. Was like, see, was that so hard? Yeah. It's basically showing someone how to use the Googles. It's basically calling someone an idiot. Honestly, you just, just ask the question on Google first before you ask anyone else. Sure. All right, what's our next story? I just want to add, there was an addendum to the story since yeah. I first wanted to talk about it. Uh, someone uh, added a comment and Greg added it to the blog. So Linda Maloney puts in, When everything is a camera and everyone is a photographer... It is easy to trade likes on social media for real experiences. As in your birding example in which a person is not learning about common birds when over-focused on, quote, getting the shot, the study of students at a museum showed subjects were less able to recognize objects that they had photographed compared to those they had only looked at. Okay. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we just need to accept that we wanted more people bird-watching. There's something yeah. different. Yeah, I know. It's, I I don't have anything to add to that. It's an old, old story. What? It's not old. No, it's an incredibly old story that new people come into things, and the people who have been into it don't like them. That's not a new that that is not a new thing. That's just happening. I just feel like I'm. I'm sure that when I'm sure that when photography became available, people who were painting birds were incensed. That people were taking photographs of birds and not capturing the grandeur of the creature. Oh! And they became the incredibly lazy that you didn't have to learn to draw the anatomy of the bird and like the shapes, and you didn't know the musculature underneath. You just oh, you just pressed a button and you know took a picture of this bird. Okay, so that was like when photography was going from film to digital. Well, digital's not as good as film. Yeah. And then for a while, it was like. Yeah, it kind of is. Have you seen Raw? And, it's, yeah. and then, and so now you have it to the point, like, I just had a, a conversation with, um, I was working at the visitor center and I had my spotting scope out and someone was asking, as always, if my spotting scope was a camera. And I said, no, but I can attach my phone to it and take mm-hmm. pictures with it. And they're like, oh, my parents do that. And their parents came over and I started like just showing them pictures I'd, I'd taken with my phone. And they acknowledged that they were good, but they said... The reason why we're not going to take pictures with a phone is, is because you can't shoot pictures in RAW. Your phone only does it in JPEG. And we like to be able to adjust our photos. Like, I can adjust my photos. But I understand what they were saying. They can't. I can't adjust it to the degree as someone that's in RAW. But I will say this, even before iPhone photography, once I realized what RAW was and what you could do with it, and the amount of time you could spend editing it, it was like, I would just rather go back out in the field and take a fucking picture again. I don't want to spend that much time on my computer. Sure. But that's just me and not wanting to deal sure, with Sure, but Photoshop. yeah, as I was saying, this is not a new story. Anytime something changes, the people who grew up learning it in a different way are angry about it. That's just that's just the way of the world. Okay, so join the American Birding Association right. and just make, make it all about angry. photography yeah. and say fieldcraft is dead. Yeah. As well as it should be, dig a hole while you're at it, and then tap dinosaur on the grave. Like Perfect. a, I w- oh, I won't say that because I think that's racist. Yeah. What I was about to say. Okay. All right. Can we get off this story, please? We've been talking about this for like 800 hours. Not 800. Okay. Let's talk about Spice Skull. All right. Tell me what you want. What you really, really want. No, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Continue. I'm not. I'm just gonna sit here and drink. I'm not dealing with this anymore. It's 
my fault that Spice Skull was the headline. <laughs> How refreshing. Wildlife Hospital uses washing up liquid to clean up bird that fell into a vat of curry sauce. Yes, I remember that story. What do you remember about it? Uh, a friend Brandy linked to it. The bird was completely orange, and they made a point of saying that the bird was okay. <gasps> you looked at Brandy's link and not mine? She posted it. So did I. What does it? You didn't create this story. You didn't write it. I'm just worried that link. Brandy's links it's... show up in your feed before my Jesus links. <laughs> I mean, hold on a second. The president's on the phone. What is it? Yes, thank you, Mr. President. No one cares. Anyway, it looks like it was a herring gull ah. that was trying to scavenge some chicken parts and a ah, vat of chicken curry. Thing. Fell in, turned orange. They put some dishwashing detergent, or not dishwashing, mm-hmm. probably Dawn, because mm-hmm. that's what they advertise is what sure. clean birds with. But anyway, it looked really well, that cool. That is a dishwashing detergent. But it's not something you would put in a dishwasher. No, but you use it to wash dishes. Yes. I just feel like if you say dishwashing detergent, it might imply that someone should take one of those little plastic packets and that's rub insane. that all over the ground. Anyway, so I'm glad the bird was okay. You say that's insane, but people do really weird stuff. People get baby robins that are learning to fly, take them home, and then feed them bread dipped in milk. That's insane. Sure. Don't give cow's milk to a bird. If you're listening to this podcast, don't give milk to a, don't give bread or milk to a baby bird. All right. And if you have in the past, let's just pretend it never happened. All right. What's uh, our next story? Uh, bird brain? Ounce for ounce, birds have significantly more neurons in their brains than mammals or primates. Okay. So, even though their brains may be smaller, mm-hmm. they have more neurons. Okay. Which means what? That uh, for the size of their brain, they're more intelligent than we realized. Oh. Okay. So well, being sense. called bird brained is not a bad thing. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, as we've discussed before, birds have to think in movement in three dimensions. I mean, they have to be able to fly and, you know, figure out what's above and below them. And here's this other thing that's flying that's coming at me. I have to figure out how to dodge it. So that, that makes that makes sense to me. Yes. You so know? anyway, birds have a lot of neurons. Awesome. That's really cool to know. Where did that story come from? Oh, it came from several sources. The source mm-hmm. I'm using is Science Daily. Okay, cool. That's cool to know. So according to the silence, science daily, Cylon daily, silence, silence of the, command. silence of the lambs. Sure, silence of the it lambs. Places the, great the neurons in the bird brain. Mm-hmm. No. Um, so one of the scientists says, "Well, so one of the important implications of the study, the neurologist said, oh God, I'm reading like Troy McClure. We will need people, people who can read." It's not Troy McClure. Uh, so, okay, what does the story say? What is Troy McClure? Troy, I'm Troy McClure. You may, he's, like, very up and energetic. You're thinking of Mystery Science Theater, where they were making fun of bad actors in a film about... Oh, yeah, we will need people who can read. Lines. Lines and interact with others. Uh, okay, so what does the story say? Okay, uh, this study demonstrates that there is more than one way to build larger brains. Previously, 
Neuroanatomists thought mm. that as brains grew larger, neurons had to grow bigger as well because they had to connect to longer distances. But okay. bird brains show that there are other ways to add neurons, keep most neurons small and locally connected, and allow a small percentage to grow large enough to make the longer connections. Okay. This keeps the average size of the neurons down. So basically, bird brains are Minnesota. They keep things local. <laughs> they have a lot, but they keep it local. And they're right. very friendly to you, but they don't want to be your best friend. Because sure. they have enough I think you're, I think you're uh, expressing some, some sentiments here that may not be. Uh, that's cool. That's, that's really interesting to know. Um, yeah, I mean... Are they talking about all birds, or is it like, did they just study birds a specific... in general? Just birds in general. So something about the avian genus, you know, specifically does this. Well, it could be that it is a response to having a small body. Well, sure. I mean, you can only get so flight. big if you want to fly easily. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's packing in as much brain power as it can for okay. a teeny tiny brain. Cool. And. So if they had a larger brain, they could be more intelligent than us and incredibly terrifying and probably take over the planet. Yeah, they but have their chance. But for their brain, they do. They have a lot of neurons and do incredible things. They do. Flying is incredible. Well Flying done, birds. Well, there's also that whole thing of migration mm-hmm. every year and living hand to mouth, or I guess it's wing to beak All right, every you're, day. You're, that's two. What? You're on notice. That's two terrible jokes. Why that's is that terrible? Two. All right, what? let's move on to the next oh, story. let me you just say. You are telling the line here. <laughs> oh, Lanky, you never tell you a terrible joke. You are towing the line. Camel towing the line? <laughs> and that's three. <laughs> this has been Bird Trick Podcast number 210. Uh, this is probably the last podcast. <laughs> you asked for Sharon's it. going to talk a little bit more about the podcast is over, so just turn <laughs> off your phone. This is the end of the podcast forever. Yeah. I'd like to remind you that it's hot. I would like to turn the air conditioning on. Can we get on with these stories, oh, that's please? that's what's going on with this podcast. Okay, then you need to be louder, <laughs> no, that is not funnier. What's, I think it is abundantly clear what has been going on with this podcast, and it is not coming Why from me. Why is this podcast still going on? Why hasn't someone else started a better birding podcast so we can stop? That was oh my, my whole god! Oh There are no better birding podcasts. There you go. Like, Don't join the ABA. Start a better birding podcast. Yeah, so I can listen to it. Here's what you need to do. Start a podcast where you say, what's this bird, where you take a photograph, and then you just sort of describe the photograph. (gasps) Uh, You don't actually post it anywhere. Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you about the people that I met at the Acadia Birding Festival. Okay. And they told me about the class they took, and I thought this would be an amazing podcast. Okay, lay it on me. Okay, so these people... Uh, have been taking a class. You sound like Gavin from Kids in the Hall right now. There were and these, it's justified. There were people, they were taking a class, and they <laughs> were birders. And they were smoking. Okay, so... There's they, a bird that's a spoonbill, and if it loses its bill, it's stars. <laughs> that actually is true. Yeah. Um, so they took this class and basically this guy, I think it's in California. <laughs> no, this was legit. They told me I was at the, they were, they were on my field trip at the Acadia Bird Festival, which is a fantastic bird festival. You no, really. To. This happened to my brother's uncle, nephew's cousin. So there's a guy out in California who teaches a class once a week and okay. you go to the class and each class is one page of the National Geographic Field Guide. Sure. 
And on the one hand, it's like, oh, that's a really... I was like, how many classes are there? It's like, oh, this class take, takes years because you're just doing one mm-hmm. page. But he only focuses on the birds on that page. Sure, okay. And so you learn the identification. And I was like, that's a genius podcast. Yeah. You could go through the Sibley Guide. This reminds me of, coincidentally, it was another podcast I heard of. There is a Jewish tradition. Uh, it's like a school where you study one section of the Torah... Uh, I can't remember if it's a day or a week or something like that. And you just go through, and it takes like a year and a half or two years or whatever to go through this, but you study the entire thing in depth. Mm -hmm. And they actually, I think somebody had actually set up a podcast where you can do this and you can listen to it. And so, yeah, it's an amazingly, it is a slow but amazingly in-depth way to learn things. I want to do this podcast Mm -hmm. and it would be like, you know, you could like interview people and you could maybe have an expert of the field of the page that you're studying but then Mm -hmm. i just realized like oh my god the whole first part of the book is going to be like (laughs) loons and sea ducks and gulls and shorebirds it's going to be like ages to like get to the birds i'm actually interested in yeah and then then you're going to get to the gulls and you're just going to kill yourself no the gulls are going to be before all the fun birds And, and and maybe that's what it is of just several episodes of like this bird sucks why are we doing it no but I want to do this podcast, or if I don't do I it... I wish you well. I hope someone else does it. But I, I just think that's genius. Well. Just take a field guide. You cannot take a stand to kill a field guide. That doesn't count. I mean, you can. Sure. You can. And I will Why support you. Why don't you do you. all three volumes of Ben's Cardinals and their allies? Take one page of Ben at a time. <laughs> <gasps> no, 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 no. If we really wanted to do an exercise in torture, mm. we would do a page of the pile guide. Okay, first of all, stop saying we, because I am not doing this. Are you? <laughs> it I ain't happening, up, McGee. I would give up this podcast to do a one That's page. great. You would. I know you'd be really excited to do that. That's we would have you great. as a special guest from nope. time to time. Nope, nope, not going to happen. Oh, come on. I'm a guest on some of your myriads of podcasts i'm gonna say no i, I have this one i have movie date with bill which is currently suspended because i'm too busy to go to the movies with people and i have aging poorly those are the three podcasts i'm doing i do one with brandy but we haven't done one in a while okay when are you and levi going to do your feminist podcast that will probably never happen i think you and levi need to do that show <laughs> anyway uh what's our next story I'm still focused on this thing that oh, I had in Maine. Great. Are you going to do a podcast? Are you going to sub-podcast? Are you going to do one of those things like on Family Guy where it was the relationship My counselor is, I come up videotape with- and she's like, all right, this is just for the men, so ladies leave. Man, if you want to order the next tape. It's like she's doing more and more yeah. erotic things. Yeah. No, I, I come up with great podcast ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. I just don't have time to implement them. Sure. There's someone else, and I blame you because... We wanted to. I should not. I should stop talking about this podcast because it's probably going to happen. But mm. it's like, wow. Right. Okay. Podcasts they happen so easy. So anyway, yeah, if you want to steal the field guide idea podcast, mm-hmm. you have to have me on as a guest at some point, sure. preferably on a bird that I like. And you should, if you have your inaugural co- podcast, acknowledge non-birding Bill. But sure. anyway, that's a great idea for a podcast. Just take a field guide. And do one page at a time. And, and when I say one page, like when I'm talking about like... You're talking about one bird at a time. No. No, no, no. Page. Okay. Because you have your text page and your photograph page. Right. It's those pages combined. Okay. Otherwise, it's going to be way too long. And then you're going to be talking about semi-palmated sandpiper like 
for two episodes. Okay. You can just, just deal with that. What's our next story? Should they do it with Kaufman? <sighs> Sibley? Crossley? Crossley would probably be faster. Story. Usually faithful bird Gary <laughs> ruffles feathers at Fuck wildlife me. reserve. Fuck me. By having an affair with second female oh, mate. God. You know, it's been weeks since we did this last podcast, and I remember just it's having this sense of well being. It's, it's like, been oh, wow. so much Things are going really that. well. I no, wonder, I've like, been to is... Maine. It's been, it's gotta you know, be two weeks. It, am I getting better sleep? Is it, you know? No, no. Yeah, look, so, look, look, look. Yeah. I'm on my third round of MRSA. It's, <sighs> it's, it's been longer than a week. All right. What is this story? It's from the Telegraph. Okay, so it's a okay, okay. Who is Gary? What does he do? He's a black-tailed godwit. Okay. Uh, and apparently, it's a godwit that people follow quite a bit. All right. How do they know it's this particular bird? Um, probably because he's banded would be my guess. Okay. Twelve-year-old black-tailed godwit named Gary. Okay. Strayed from his life's mate in what has been described as quote unique and fascinating behavior unquote okay so to test this they would have to catch him to look at the band he right? probably has a band yeah well and i mean if you have good enough optics you can okay. read the band all right fair enough so they think it's scary. okay so uh are there these are birds mon- are these birds normally monogamous do they honestly at the end of the day no bird is monogamous. yeah that's what i'm saying it's like okay, you should never look to birds for morality amp- anthropomorphizing these birds okay fine it's a cute story so okay so this bird there is no record of these birds. Okay, so Dr. Yeah. Vi- Viola Ross Smith mm-hmm. from the British Trust for Ornithology said, Black-tailed godwits generally pair British with- Trust for Ornithology. That's BTO. How fantastic is that? That's amazing. Bachman-Turner Overdrive. Really? I have only ever thought of it as British <laughs> Trust for Ornithology. I am with the BTO. Oh, awesome. I love your music. <laughs> Sorry, it's Father's Day. I'm thinking of dad bands. Uh, anyway. I was going to say, Bachman-Turner Overdrive really isn't a thing anymore. <laughs> oh, oh shit. Sharon's throwing down <laughs> on the Bachman-Turner Overdrive fans. It's really not a oh, thing. Oh, damn. When was the last time they released oh, an album? Oh, damn. They don't have, they, they, anyway, I'm not going to When was the last Turner. time they dropped some music on us via the social medias? <laughs> I don't think Bachman-Turner Overdrive <laughs> or their fan knows what a computer is. All right, let's continue I'm with this I'm just saying, story. I think the fact that you think British Trust for Ornithology, a.k.a. BTO, which pretty much any bird... I'm sorry, every time I hear BTO, I'm going to think Bachman-Turner Overdrive. Why? Why? Because they were a famous band. Were they really? I didn't even... Until you just said this, I did not know there was a British Trust for Ornithology. Seriously? And we've been... Or is that an instruction? British Trust Ornithology. <laughs> What's a what's a what's a BTO song? Taking care of business. That was a British song. No, that's Bachman Turner Overdrive. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> Bachman. See, I think the the I think the British uh, Trust for Ornithology should have a thing with like birds. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Taking care of God with. Taking care of God with every day. All right. So what is? Let's continue with this. Basically, the BTO partnered with the Telegraph. (laughs) (laughs) Did people really 
call Bachwinson <laughs> or Overdrive BTO when they were a thing? Because yes. I don't think they did. Yes. It's like calling or- orchestral maneuvers in the dark OMD. It's like if you told me there was an office for media distribution. It's like, oh, did you hear the OMD? It's like, yeah, I'm going to thank the orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Yeah, but they had good songs. <laughs> okay, uh, let's continue. I don't know if I can. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Avian dating sim. Hatoful Boyfriend makes its mobile debut. Oh, sure, yeah. Uh, I mentioned this to you many long, long time ago. It's a... There are a category of video games, they started in Japan, called Dating Sims, and basically you play some character who is in a situation with a lot of potential relationships, and it's your goal to go through and end up dating someone. (laughs) This particular one is unique because you are the only human student in a high school full of pigeons, which is amazingly absurd. They're not all pigeons, because there is an American exchange student who is a mourning dove. Oh, okay. I love that the Morning Dove is the mysterious sure. foreign exchange student. Sure. Anyway, so this this is a game that exists. I love the idea. I've never played this game, but I know of it, and I love the idea of it. I started to play it. I mm-hmm. tried, because I was like, I want to I wanna just feel this out, because sure. the birds look accurate. And, and one of my favorite things, like when it was made aware to me on my radar, mm-hmm. is it's like a screen cap of a chucker at some kind of... It's Japanese, right? Mm-hmm. I it's so. Japanese. Well, it's inspired by Japanese dating sims. I, I, I don't know if the game itself came no, out. No, I'm just asking because it is a trucker in front of like what looks like some kind of like market stand, and there's sure. Asian characters there. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, the, the, like the, the the dating games came out of Japan. Okay, That's I just want to really say, true, but this I don't feels know like if this a game Japanese vibe. But I just oh sure, but I just don't know if this particular game was Japanese itself or if it was inspired by the games that came okay. before it. I just want to say I don't know all of my Asian characters. Very sure. Well. And that I'm just trying to be sensitive. And, but you I mean understand. the you mean the, the typing, the letters. The letters, the letters. Okay, and yeah. I just want to make certain that I am aware that there are several yeah, different and Asian languages sure. and cultures and all this. Mm-hmm. But um but no, it's it's a checker and the translation is yep, he's a pervert. Yippee and I was like, I love the idea that a checker is a pervert. Sure. Or the might be the checker is saying that someone else is a pervert. No, it is someone else saying oh, that okay. the checker is a pervert. But good. So what is the new? Oh, so it's a bit. You can play it on your mobile. Apparently, you can theme. only play it on iPhone. You can't play it on oh, Android. Sure. So, yeah. and I'm kind of at, at at a crossroads. It's like I do this techno birding mm. presentation when I go to bird festivals, and do I even delve into sim dating games? No. <laughs> you are going to confuse and upset your audience that is not something you want to reveal to them i tried playing this game it requires a lot of time oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. the visual novels oh yeah that require you like there's a lot you have to pay a lot of attention to like yes, what you people do, tell you and it's like oh and that's the appeal of them is that you have to like you know learn what the what you're dating the people you're dating what their personality is and like what their interest is and you have to make choices based yeah see on that. and i was like wow i'm already married i get that in real life i yeah. don't really need a stevie wonder would call it a part-time lover i think have you played neko atsumi i don't even know what that is it's that cat game that everybody's playing where you oh, have a yard God. and you're I've trying seen, to i feel like i'm playing it because everybody's posting screen gap sure screen it's really great i think that somebody should make that for birds where like you get to although it would upset you because some of the like the cats get completely like you just like you put food out in your yard and cats show up and you buy different things to attract the cat wait 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 
Are you telling me that you're maintaining an online feral cat colony? There are no... Yes, I am. There are no birds in the yard. Anyway, so... Of course not, because you have a feral cat but colony. the thing of it is, like, you get... if you So you put down different objects to attract different cats to uh-huh. your yards. And if you attract... You put down, like, special things. Like, if you put down... Um, what is it? If you put down a tent pyramid, a cat with a pharaoh hat shows up. So it is completely inaccurate. So you would not like that. So basically, you're putting shit out so people will dump more, f- like, pharaoh cats into your pharaoh cat colony. This is a cat that's wearing... There's a one, There's a cat who is a Spaniard and has a fencing foil. I don't think that, you know... If a cat has learned how to use a fencing foil, I don't think birds are going to be the main... Of course that cat is going to start fencing birds. Do you know how... Defenseless birds are during migration. The cats are not eating the birds because I'm feeding them. I'm feeding them. That's what every feral cat colony delusionist says. Anyway, again, video game not real. Are you like even? Oh God, are you reaching the point in your life where you don't realize video games aren't real? Are you you reaching the point where you don't understand the importance of trap neutering and releasing your feral cat? (laughs) My virtual feral cat? Are, is your feral cat, like, is it still, like, reproducing? No. They don't actually exist. You just said, like, a, a cat with a feral hat just showed up. How did that happen? Unless one of your cats bumped uglies. <laughs> you are, okay, you're making nonsense now. You're maintaining an online feral cat colony. You, you are part of the problem. We're playing a high school student trying to date pigeons. <laughs> Pigeons do not go to high school. I don't care how many neurons they have. It's legal in Japan. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> What's our next story? I think we need to end there. Thank God. I think that's, oh. that's where we're going to end. Oh, I am sweating my mind out. He's this sweating is... his balls off. He Actually, yeah, what's going on see, I is... I was deliberately trying to avoid that. He's, uh, he's He wants to go back to his online feral cat colony. Mm-hmm. Uh finally got the uh i have not gotten the train conductor cat i am so upset about this there's a cardboard train do you, you can know buy. how many potential american birding association members we're losing right now because if you like here's a pro tip from bill um neko atsumi by the tent pyramid you will get uh the pharaoh cat he will give you so many sardines all right, if you get this sardine cat, then you have to become a member. No, of the that's American. the currency in the game is that the cats you give them food and like things to lay on and they pay you in sardines. So you just gave someone a pro tip. If yeah. this pro tip benefits you. No, that's you, the premise of the game. But if you yeah, if you get the tent pyramid, you get the pharaoh cat. Please join the American Birding Association. Yep. They haven't paid for a very sad ad yep. on this podcast. Not at all. So my recommendation for a non-birding thing you should check out is Nekoetsumi. It's an iOS game. It's 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 not even a game. It's a toy. There is nothing. There is no, like, you just put food out and you come back later and see what cats have shown up. And then you, like, if you don't feed the cats, they just go away. They don't die. It's not a Tamagotchi thing. It's just you show up and see these cute cats. This 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 game is encouraging people to be crazy cat ladies and maintain or cat it's colonies. giving them an alternative to it. No, cuz they're just like one day they're going to not their their battery is going to die. You're getting insane that this is that no, this is No, I, I I'm not no thinking connection. it's insane that you maintaining an online Do you cat- have something to recommend for people cuz I just did my recommendation. What am I going to recommend? I'll recommend The Martian. Okay. Good. Do you want to tell people the story behind this? 
You can start it. That I told you for like a year that you should see this movie and you, in your in your stubborn streak, refused to watch it? I didn't want to watch it because I thought the movie was going to be too stressful for me. And sure. my life is stressful on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> right. And you watched it tonight. What did you think of it? There were some gross parts. Right. There's one or two tense scenes. Yes. And, but other than that, it was really enjoyable. You enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. I enjoyed it tremendously. Good. And I realized that if I were an astronaut, mm-hmm. I would probably be an ornithologist, and I would be fucked. Probably not going to send ornithologists to Mars. No. Yeah. Will there ever be bird life? I can't life? grow birds Will there ever shit. be bird life on Mars? Probably not. Is not for millennia. bird life on Mars? And on that note, this is a Bird Chick Podcast number 210. Got questions for Sharon? Hit her up on Facebook, Twitter. She is at BirdChick. Mail her at Sharon at BirdChick.com. Please stop asking me dating questions about birders. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, We will talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.